What does storytelling mean to you? I always felt the the need to write my experiences down. Started off with a little Hello Kitty journal, which I still have. And then it just evolved into from journaling to poetry. And now I write music and songs. For me, it's a way to connect with people, a way to connect with folks that might be inspired by a story or a song. And perhaps they won't feel isolated or alone. It might inspire them. And also it helps me to feel connected. Welcome to the Mirror Stage podcast, where we explore the Pacific Northwest through the stories and experiences of the people and its communities. Hello, I am Kiki Dominguez. My pronouns are they, them. Hi, I'm Hazel Gibson. My pronouns are she, her. And I am Ty, your new podcast producer. Ty is short for Tycarius, my full name, and my pronouns are he, him. And people met you in our last episode a little bit, but now they'll get to hear you chatting a little bit more and speaking with our guest today. Yes, I'm so excited to be the new podcast producer and keep bringing these quality stories uh, from the Seattle area to our listeners. Well, we are in the midst of Thanksgiving week. (laughs) And I'm going to be traveling to Oakland tomorrow. Very, very early in the morning. I'm not very happy about that. But it'll be nice. I'm going with my uncle and my sister and we're going to see my grandfather. And um, I just got a text message from my uncle saying that my step grandmother um, is going to be there. So we're going to get a chance to see her. She's it's kind of one of those situations. that's a little weird and hard to describe, but the family is a little bit separated apart, but now they're going to have a chance to get together. And so it'll be nice to get everybody in one space together. That's what's new with me in the world in the world of Thanksgiving time. Um, but now that we are, are are transitioning to the Christmas time, my sister is watching all the Christmas movies that she possibly can. And I'm having a lot of feelings about it. But if you listen to any of the episodes from August to last month, everything I talk about was horror. So I'm not going to complain. going to give her her time. And then we like to play this game. Because I watch them with her, of course, because I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll watch this. But they all have the same kind of setup. I don't know how familiar you are with, like, Hallmark Christmas movie, Lifetime Christmas movies, things like that. But they all have the same thing, like, big city person, something happens, have to go to a small town, find the meaning of Christmas and joy and love. So we usually do this idea where one of us will say just an item And then the other person will have to create a Christmas story based on it. So it'll be like mountain. And then you would have to say the Christmas mountain and tell me a story (laughs) using all the themes of, of trashy Christmas movies to get me to understand the meaning of Christmas. That honestly sounds like so much fun. (laughs) So entertaining. I'm going to try it this year. Yes, you should. It's a fun, like improv kind of game with very specific guidelines. <laughs> it sounds like it came from a theater a theater person and <laughs> yes. would be fun in a group of people. Exactly. With some spiked eggnog. I feel like that would help facilitate even better descriptions, you know. Very spiked eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's going on? What's new with you, Hazel? I don't have too much else that's new to share. Um, we did talk on the last episode that my time with Mirror Stage will be coming to an end come the end of December. And um, I was just 
here today with the crew to help uh, with the transition and oversee and and uh, be some moral support for Kiki and Ty. <laughs> Kiki said in the last episode that this one would be my swan song. So for my swan song, I I googled what swan song meant. <laughs> And for your listeners, it's a metaphorical phrase from ancient Greece about a final gesture, effort, or performance before, this is super morbid, death or retirement. And I'm too young to retire, and I'm not planning on dying anytime soon. So um, I'm just glad I was able to do all of this work for Mirror Stage, all of this work with Kiki. It's kind of I'm constantly um, fascinated by looking at where you are in the moment and then like looking back three months, six months, a year, and to see the growth that's happened um, with this theater company, with myself, with this podcast. It's been a very cool journey. And it's interesting too, Hazel, because we've reflected on this, that like, we have never met in person. I saw you in a play a thousand years ago, at least Okay, I'm 90% sure you were in this play. Please tell me if you weren't. There was, it was a book it show about drugs. Were you in the book it show about drugs? Yeah, American that play was messed up. Junkie. Thank you. I was like, I got nothing. That it was that was an upsetting show. <laughs> oh, upsetting, but like also true story. Tom yeah. Hansen, still alive, still amazing. I, I, Oh my goodness. I loved, loved, loved being in that show. It was so intense and so cool to work with Booker, to work with Jane, who directed it, and that cast. Oh my lord. Yeah. Felt so I was like, fortunate. I saw Hazel in a show once, but we never met in person. Did you move before you started Mirror Stage? Or like did I don't remember when you moved. Moved back? Yeah. Oh, I started with Mirror Stage in January of 2020. So I was in Seattle mm -hmm. and moved back home in December of 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. So coming up on two years, which it feels way longer than that because of COVID and because of all the programming we've uh, cranked out. And I'm just, you know, thankful for all of that. Thankful for the opportunity and the experience because... Yeah, not sure where else I would have gotten it. We're thankful to have had you on the podcast. I know I'm new, but you've given me every single thing I've needed to get started. And I'm so thankful. Like nobody else in a job has ever just like taken me under their wing and prepared me. Granted, I don't think I've ever been in a position where I'm directly replacing somebody else. So maybe like that's a little different, but also even then like, it's always been like, okay, well, welcome to the job. You know, here's training, but you figure it out. And you've just been there every time. Ask me, do you need anything? Are, are you okay? Uh, can we meet this day to make sure you have this and this? Like, and it hasn't been overbearing either. I'll hope you don't feel like you've been like overbearing or doing too much or anything because it's been perfect. And uh, I really, I really appreciate you personally. And I'm sure Mirror Stage appreciates you as well. Well, and I think it's saying something too that we are losing Hazel, but are now having to hire three other staff people that yeah. Hazel's pretty much overseeing <laughs> and training them all on. <laughs> so I think there's just it, there's a lot that that says. So yeah, we will miss you, Hazel. Thank you, y'all. That uh, those words mean a lot. 
actually tearing up a tiny bit. Yeah. Well, uh, hello. Hi, what's audience. going on with you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Lighten the mood, please. Yeah. I know. I'm so sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to cry because it will be here all night if I start crying. <laughs> but uh, um, nothing much is new for me, for real, other than Thanksgiving. This is the first year I feel like I've actually. I have something to prepare because I started making this devil egg recipe that I found online that used like a, it used like relish and some regular mustard and I remixed it and I used like honey Dijon mustard. And then instead of regular relish, I used like um, the famous Dave spicy pickles and some other stuff. I can't give away, you know, the whole, <laughs> but <laughs> definitely like uh, I'm excited to prepare a signature dish that I've already made for everybody and they loved it and they asked me to make it again. So I'm like, yeah, I can make my devil eggs and be happy. And um, also for Christmas, um, I don't know if I told our listeners our last episode, but I'm a Georgia native. I've only been in Seattle for about a year or so, and I'll be going home to Georgia for the first time since moving to Washington. I'm really excited to uh, see my mom again. She came up, but it's just my mom, you know, we're best friends, so uh, good to see her. And then uh, all my friends back home and just the city of Atlanta, I love just being there. It's so different and so cultured just to be around people that look like me and feel like me and share my interests and everything. Not that that's not out here, but you know, the homies are at home. So it's a little different. <laughs> That'll be fun. Is your partner going with you too? Cause I know that she has family out here, right? Yes. Yeah, so her family is uh, actually from Georgia and then they moved out here, but half of them stayed in Georgia. So she has like family in Georgia and that's how we met. Cause she was there then. And uh, then she stole me and I came out here. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. You mean kidnap? Kidnap? Yeah, yeah, are no. you are you okay, Ty? She big dog napped me. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, so uh happy holidays and Merry Christmas, happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners. Um, if you love our podcast and would like to help us fund our future productions, you can donate at our website, that's mirrorstage.org or text play it smart to 206-888-6477 and that's 206-888-MIRR. Yes and if you cannot give financially it is always helpful too if you're enjoying the podcast to rate and review on any of your platforms that you are listening on. You can also subscribe to us on some of the different platforms as well so you'll get notifications when we release a new episode when i was just like wait a minute we need to announce the news about moving our release dates we've decided to move them up to be the first monday of every month because we want a chance to get you all the latest information and what's going on for that month so that's when we're going to be releasing our new episode each month so Next, we're going to chat a little bit about what's going on with Mirror Stays. So we just had our annual gala, and it was our 20th anniversary. Um, Hazel and I were, like, in it as staff members and also performers. So we kind of had a little bit of a different experience. But I wanted to know, Ty, what did you think? Have you ever been to an online event like that before? What was your takeaway from it? I have never been to an online event that's not, like, an interview or people talking to each other on zoom and I've also never been to virtual theater any kind of virtual theater event as well 
Um, so for both of those, the theater, it was like I was at the dress rehearsal. And even me attending the dress rehearsal, I was really excited to watch the gala and see the performances just because like I, I missed a little bit and I was like paying attention to different things. And then I feel like at the gala, I was actually part of the audience and uh, it was incredibly entertaining. Um, and I opened in the perfect kind of content that you'd expect from Mirror Stage, especially my biggest takeaway. And I feel like I'm literally gonna think about this every single day, but I believe it was either Detroit or the play or the untitled play about racism. I think it was actually the untitled play about racism um, where he said, the schools look just like the prisons. So everybody, you can go from step to step in the pipeline and feel comfortable. And I thought about, I was like, whoa, like I've only been in prison. I mean, in to a prison, maybe like two or three times just to, you know, see on some program or something like that. But it does. It looks exactly like every school, the same people building them. And I'm just like, I don't even know how to feel about this right now, because I feel like from this year, like I've as I'm sure I'm not the only one, this has been like a year of healing for me, you know, from everything that happened last year and everything that continues to happen on, on top of that stuff, um, just with like the trials and cases and stuff like that. And just hearing that, it, it just shook me to my core. So it was beyond entertaining and beyond uh, just a fun event, but I feel like, and I'm, you know, I'm not the person that needs to hear that the pipe everywhere in the pipeline looks the same. You know, it was great for me to hear it, but there were other um, other ears there that I think it fell a little harder on them to hear and was a little even more eye opening for them. Um, so I I love that aspect of it as well. Um, and the whole gala, like, I, I know it's just an anniversary thing, but it has me looking forward to any other virtual events that we can have just to bring more um, awareness about these topics and uh, entertain our community as well in different ways. Yes. And Ty, you participated in a little bit because Ty got to read who won the bingo. We had one bingo winner. I am honestly surprised we didn't have another bingo winner, but I think you're right. I think we made it a little tricky. And then it totally made sense that Stacy won. So you don't know Stacy. I've known Stacy for years and he is a part of the Mirror Stage family. He's written a bunch of plays and he's fantastic, but he's so humble. So of course he'd be like, bingo, but somebody else can take it. I'm like, no, you deserve some free tickets. Come and see our show. <laughs> Definitely. I hope we can still send him. I don't know if he's local to the area. He is. Okay. I hope we can still get those tickets because nobody else will get them if he doesn't. <laughs> I was just referencing back because Ty, you're right. And like, I've been saying this too. It's like, well, I didn't get a chance to say it, but like the, all the little excerpts from the gala scripts, like for me, the most resonating one was principal principal when they were talking about like the curriculum and and how it's so you know cookie cutter scantrons blah 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 why don't people prepare people for like the life that you know that's more tangible that's more real versus like the same things over and over and over again um but it was the swimming pool that that quote came from um Stacey wrote that play <laughs> oh really Stacey wow. wrote that play. Wow. Um, but yeah, I have to buy that, his book now <laughs> that um that quote that you brought up is being so like that shook you I that one didn't resonate at the time but now that you're bringing it back I'm like oh yeah damn 
like the plays that come out of this the work that mirror stage does or they, the work that they commission it is it's heavy stuff and it's it's enlightening and it's relevant and it's just again can't say it enough you know i really liked the i think it was the untitled play about homelessness unless it has a different name but it was that one um and that was just so beautiful to see this conversation between two people who are so different but also very similar and to like watch one character which hazel played really start to go on this journey and learning about privilege as well as just challenging assumptions and bias so it was just beautiful to see that like in a work of art that we had commissioned that's yeah that was the whole thing was just it shook me i remember the part in principle principle now too about the scantrons and stuff and I remember because my mom is in education and I was just like, huh, like the scantrons really don't help people. Um, really smart people can flunk those scantrons and just not have any hope because that's just what they use to base your intelligence off of. So definitely, I mean, I'll probably go back and watch the gala, honestly. Well, and then like you were saying, our next kind of like virtual event you're looking forward to and that's the holiday Hollywood squares on December 18th. And that's going to be a free fun live event on YouTube and it's just another opportunity like it's it's a very silly and fun game but they're playing for um, to donate money to charities and usually we have kind of socially relevant themed questions like obviously dealing with what's going on in Seattle so it's another opportunity to like have fun and learn a little bit more about the community and Sarah Rudinoff is our host for that day we are still working out all of our players but sarah rudinoff is our host and she is an actress singer and writer who's been singing and making theatrical work in seattle for over 20 years so this will be a great opportunity for you all to hear about her and see some more local art in our town and i can put her information in the show notes as well so you can get a chance to sneak peek at some of the stuff that she has done i was on her website earlier and she has a lot of different like clips from youtubes of stuff that she has performed so this will be a fun introduction for you all and today we'll be interviewing local musician Kristen Chambers, and she's here to talk about the seventh annual Snow Globe concert. So Kristen Chambers is a songwriter and vocalist who composes and performs in multiple genres from pop to jazz, while steadily building a catalog of work for television and film. Her most recent credits include tracks on National Geographic, Hallmark, Lifetime, bringing it back, I wonder if there's a Christmas movie that she has done some music for, and The Young and the Restless, as well as a selection of jazz compositions being released on a boutique label in Japan. Christmas Eve and the clock strikes midnight. Christmas Eve. Kristen, you can go ahead, please introduce yourself and your name and the pronouns that you use. Perfect. Um, hello, my name is Kristen Chambers, she, her. What is your origin story? 
Well, thanks for having me on your podcast. This is exciting for me. Um, you know, it's funny when I just, I keep coming back to a, a, the same visual and it's, you know, it's back with that Hello Kitty. <laughs> so you got the Hello Kitty um, diary. Um, at the same time, I had the Mickey Mouse microphone. And, uh, you know, when I was just, a, when I was about nine, I just started singing. And um, in all the different ways, uh, the different ways that I've expressed it, you know, we, we covered musical theater, um, songwriting, I've done one woman shows. And, you know, I just, uh, I, I feel like, um, it's just all I've ever wanted to do is sing for people. And that was the one thing I knew, knew and still know is true. So I can, you know, this business isn't easy and, um, the, you know, sticking around in the arts for a long period of time, you're going to go through ups and downs and there's going to be days where you feel validated. Um, there's going to be days where you have to do that for yourself. And anytime I can just sing, whether someone's asking me to do it or not, I'm, I'm, I can get grounded again and realize that, you know, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's my origin story. <laughs> Nice. I I love that, you know, your Hello Kitty notebook and the Mickey Mouse microphone, like that solidified it for you, really. There it is. <laughs> Do you still go back and flip through it and look at anything in there? Oh my gosh. No, I don't. Not that particular one, but I'm, I might, I might dig it up. We got this holiday weekend here and um, it's nice to look back. I've, I have some, some older poetry uh, that now I look at through a different lens. Um, I spent a lot of the poetry was uh, written in New York. I lived in New York for about five years and I was doing theater. And at the time I didn't realize that, that those poems, some of them ended up, you know, songs later, uh, lyric writing, um, as you probably know, is a little, little, can be a little different than, you know, poetry, um, lyrics or, you know, prose. So uh, I have gone back and read some of that and taken snippets here and there and turned them into songs. Um, you know the the hello kitty diary hmm that might be that might might pose a challenge but so cute what story had the most impact on you it can be one from when you were a child or one that's more recent the most pivotal time for me was when i was living in new york it's a little bit cliche but i i left with a, a very little amount of money and my friends a couple of friends and we found a place in queens and just had no idea what was ahead and you know all I've ever wanted to do was sing but at the time it was it was Broadway you know that was what we we, we went there to do that we were gonna just audition until the dreams came true and it was a really beautiful time but very very difficult to always you know figure out how you're gonna uh, make the money to stay there and also be creative at the same time so I think a lot of the stories that came out of that are some of the stories and the emotions that I still draw from. Also, 9-11 happened when I was in New York. So that sort of added to the, the raw feelings that occurred in that time frame. Yeah. And with this idea of, of storytelling, and as you were saying, like everyone has this idea too, and they, they're going to go to New York and they're going to do all these different things. So I'm just, it's interesting to think about how many different people and where all those different people come from to mm. like culminate in this one place and do art together. Um, so I do have a, a question that's totally. a little bit of a spinoff. 
Sure. Because we're we're a bunch of musical theater people in this space. And so (laughs) what's your favorite musical or like what's one that you love that you've done? Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) So I had the great experience of working with William Finn, who wrote Falsettos and A New Brain. And um, those more modern, his way of, of writing songs and the text um in such a such a modern more accessible way um is my favorite style of musical um and i got to sing with him and uh or you know sing his music and sing with some really really great you know broadway performers and we were able to do the show at joe's pub so i'm gonna go ahead and and say a new brain uh falsettos and then a uh, sh- uh, more old school musical that I think is absolutely perfect is a uh, uh, music band. I love it. I love that character. I played that. Um, I played, oh my gosh, Mary and the Librarian. There we go. I just almost forgot. Uh, it's been a minute, but I just love the music in that. And um, she's a really strong character, actually, for that time period. Um, though they call her a spinster, um, she's smart and she doesn't put up with anything. That's fun. Um, okay, sorry, another random follow-up. Do you do musicals at all in Seattle? Is that something else that you do or are you just focused on releasing music and performing concerts? You know, I have gotten so involved in songwriting and I've I've been collaborating with just a ton of people across the country, which is cool because we can do that now. Um, I've got my studio here. Um, so no, I, I don't, but I'm, it's funny because every once in a while I'll, I'll, I'll wonder about that. You know, it's such a, it's a different part of me that I haven't expressed in a really long time. Um, but it was so much of who I was, you know, when I first started doing music, um, it's a different lifestyle too, as you know, it's, you know, it's, 7 p.m. till you know 11:30. You're rehearsing, and then once you get into that, you know you're at you're at the theater. Um, so once you um, once you sort of get more used to, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna song right in my PJs. You know, you're home a lot more. Uh, so, but that's a that's a good question. I'm gonna think about it for the rest of the night. <laughs> well, I know Village is um, what's it called? Is um. Village Theater? Yes. So. Oh, yeah. They're doing some shows. (laughs) Who are your biggest musical inspirations? My grandmother claims the music (laughs) thing. Uh, She, you know, she grew up up singing, um, but I am kind of the odd man out in the performance aspect. Um, So, but I did grow up with a lot of different types of music, pretty eclectic. Um, Carol King, Tapestry, Jody Mitchell, um, Lionel Richie, Prince, and everything in between. Um, I studied classical voice in grade school and then up. And then I went into musical theater. So I feel like, um, you know, to a fault, from one album to the next, the genres get a little mushed. Um, and you know, I think that's okay. It is what it is. I, I, I like all, all different types of music. So, so, you know, I think probably Joni, she's got a special place, you know, in, 
in my heart, lyrically, I had never heard, you know, when I started to really go deep into her music, I had never heard anybody say things in the way that she, you know, expressed them. Um, so to me, that was really, that opened my mind quite a bit, kind of moving from poetry to lyric writing. I think uh, one of the biggest moments for me, because I, I feel like I have a similar background to yours, where I was young and writing poetry and everything, and I would sing in church, but then I realized that I wanted to write songs and that my poems could really be songs. And I think uh, I was watching Shrek and I heard the song Hallelujah for the oh, first time there. Totally. And I just fell in love with uh, songwriting in the process of that. I'd study John Mayer's one of my favorite songwriters mm-hmm. um, and Paul McCartney and the Beatles. I listened to their whole catalog. Yep. So I understand how it's it's hard to really answer a musical inspiration question because like I love John's songwriting, but like I love the way Alicia Keys plays the piano. Plays the piano. And, yep. Uh, there's so many <laughs> totally. different things in like Prince. His he's one of the best guitar players of all time right. and uh so there's definitely a bunch of uh ways to pull your inspiration and I love that you answered like that because it is hard to it's not just one lane for inspiration it's everywhere you know yeah and I and I do think sometimes I've you know there may be some pressure to you know go into one genre and really just steep yourself and 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 stay there in that lane but i don't know I, I i don't know if that's as necessary anymore uh with the way we're releasing music these days not so much on a label you can you can experiment and and um you know as long as as long as you are being honest you know and taking it seriously i would say hey why not you know if if it speaks to you so but yeah you hit on all my um on on a bunch of other great uh, hallelujah are you kidding me i think that's the, in that movie that's uh rufus wainwright i think that is his version but i prefer the uh leonard cohen uh version yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah i'm with you i love that well and i love this conversation about like the different mashups of different kinds of music and inspirations because i used to get that question all the time like oh what kind of music do you listen to all kinds. All the kinds. How can you not listen to all the kinds? Yes. There's so many different kinds. Yes. There's a there's some some types that that are a little aggressive to my ears, you know. I'm, I'm trying to be I'm being kind. No, I think I think that's the greatest way to describe that. Like, <laughs> like that's a little aggressive to my ears. Yeah, if it hurts, um, and I'm struggling to find any sort of a melody, right? So that's 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 a little troubling, but I still don't think that it's bad. I still think that it's for someone, you know? So, um, yeah, you won't find me, um, listening to just like a wash of aggressive guitars. Does that surprise you? (laughs) You're like, really? Well, thinking about your music and reflecting on some of the music that you've had the opportunity to either write and sing and collaborate with people on, what do you consider is your best work you have done so far and why? Uh, ooh. So my, I have sort of two different categories that I'm working in right now. One, I, I sort of, I consider to be my artist music. Um, because I'm also doing a lot of collaborations that work for sync uh, music for TV and film. And um, that really is a little bit of a, they both can come together, but um, 
for sync music, I have done a little bit more jazz, um, sort of, we call it evergreen, um, but, you know, kind of standard sounding. We've written some, I've written with some original jazz music uh, that sounds like standards for TV and film. Um, and recently, some of the instrumentals uh, were released on a label in Japan, which was pretty exciting. Um, and we'll be on um, the in-flight uh, in flight radio uh, for, um, I'm not going to remember the the airline right now, but that it's, it's, it's kind of moving over there. So that's fun. Um, but I think what comes the most natural to me would be, would fall into that singer songwriter at the piano, Adele meets Nora Jones. Um, pretty chill. I love, uh, meaningful lyrics that, um, not that other genres wouldn't have that, but where it's a little, it's a little bit more about the words. Um, so, so as far as artist music goes, my album Kissing Ghosts, uh, which I released in 19, 2019, which actually feels like 10 years ago. <laughs> that was the last thing I did that was sort of normal before I went, we went into, um, pandemic mode. Um, and that, I think I mentioned that earlier, that the songs in that are all very uh, empowering songs. It's a reflection. I called it Kissing Ghosts because the ghosts were just, not just, but they're stories that I, that I wanted to express that were still sort of lingering around in my, my head. Um, and and I, I felt like me and my producer, we were, we we stayed really true to that. So it wasn't, I wasn't writing stories uh, for show or trying to fit into a storyline for someone else. Um, so that, that to, to me is the best thing that I've done up till now, because it was the most honest we could get it to be in retrospect, you know? Nice. About how long would it, would you say it took you to complete the album from start to finish? I write a lot of songs now per week, but back then I was, um, I think I probably wrote all the music in six months. And then our process was another year. That's, that sounds like a long time, but you know, it's when you get in there and you get into the, the production, we, we, we really wanted the production to sound more, a little more groovy than what I had done in the past. Um, and so it took a minute, um, but so a year and a half. That's not bad, though. I think no. as long as, you know, you could take as long as you want, as long as you're happy with the final product, you know, that's all that yeah. really matters. Totally. Yeah. I'm I'm sitting on some songs that <laughs> I don't know how long it will be, you know, because I keep thinking, oh, right now I'm starting to produce my own stuff. So that's a whole nother rabbit hole when you're, you know, working on the on the computer and you're the this the artist and the writer so I think trying to get over the perfectionism of in each category is is take making it take a little bit longer but um but it's fun it's a fun process push me push me down go on and bury me Nobody can 
So uh, tell us a little bit about your project Snow Globe. Uh, what was the inspiration for the tradition? I know it started as a listening party for your album, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Snow Globe uh, started as a, an album release. It was Christmas album. Uh, on, on the record, there's five originals and five uh, classics, if you will. And I just released it. We had a really fun time. And some of my friends uh, afterwards said, hey, we should do this every year. The next year it was, um, oh, I just noticed, you know, I have all these people coming. We should, you know, have everyone bring a can, canned item or, you know, bring some food and we'll do a food drive. And so we did that. And then the next year I, I thought, well, I should, you know, really start to turn this into a benefit because it's such a, it's a, just a lovely time of year to give and, and, and people are, you know, feeling in the giving spirit. Um, so it's really just evolved over the years. I, I started to, I got connected somehow with King five and, um, they will, they do, um, their harvest drive, which goes on, you know, from, from the home team harvest, um, which goes on from Thanksgiving till I believe through the end of Jan uh, December. Um, so, so they've really been helping me promote it, and um, and I've gotten to know the folks over at Northwest Harvest. It's such a great, great company, um, you know, giving back to the community. So, so it's over the years now. It's a variety show, so it isn't um, you know I get to have you know, all kinds of artists from, uh, you know, Seattle, give them an opportunity to perform and, and to help raise money. Um, so yeah, it's, it's become a fun tradition. Well, you say it's a variety show. Can you tell us some of the things that people might be seeing this time around or what they've seen in the past? Yeah. So variety show we have, um, we have Mac Rout, who is a fantastic piano player. Um, he has in the past done all of the Vince Guaraldi, Charlie Brown Christmas music, um, which people have really loved this year. Um, let's see, we have Tecla Waterfield and Jeff Fielder. They're sort of a, they're a folk duo. Um, so we'll have them do some songs. We've had an indie pop artist, um, Last year we were making videos, so um, people were able to get a little more elaborate. Um, we had a full music video, Christmas song release was indie pop, and then um, some really beautiful uh, stringed instruments. Um, so I'm trying to like, I kind of have a little something for everyone. Rich Marriott from King Five came over and um, read a Christmas story. So it's, it's just really, really sweet and uh, just a heartwarming um, show, I think. I'll do a, I'll do a couple numbers, but um, I, I like the idea of inviting more and more folks to come in and do their version of the holidays. Nice. And it's always been at the Royal Room? Most of the years. We did a couple of years over at the Fremont Abbey. Um, happy to be back at the Royal Room. They... Um, uh, decided to go back. It's got more of like a cozier sort of show vibe. Um, and they're just, I find the Royal Room to be so artist friendly and wonderful. Uh, they they always are looking out for the artists and the audience. And this year we're going to get back in person. 
So, and we'll be streaming too. So we'll be doing both. Um, and they've got all their COVID guidelines in place and all that good stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Sounds nice. I personally have never been to the Royal Room, so. Oh, you haven't? Oh. No, I've never been. And I'm I'm hoping that I can come out to this event. I don't know if I will be in town because I'm going to be visiting my mom over in the East yeah. Coast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, you can stream it. Yes. Oh. The PJs. That was such Beautiful. a cool <laughs> development. I mean, it was brought to you by pandemic boo but at the same time you know i've you know people on the east coast too and the midwest and all that and everything they were able to tune in and um more people were able to give and it did it actually we raised six times the amount that we normally did just uh not just but with the in-person show so i think if we put everything together um i think it'll it should be a huge success this year yeah, that's awesome. And that is one thing, too, we've learned a lot about. It's like how moving to an online platform was tricky for some of us. Yeah. But also it offered a lot in the way of accessibility that we had never thought of before. Like we've had right. we've had a lot of patrons say, like, I, I can actually see shows now because they weren't able to due to health reasons or sure. anything like that. So it was just amazing to learn about how accessibility and how it can be more. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely am trying not to just uh, go back to, you know, how it was before pre times, because it is easy to forget. Well, you don't really have to stream it, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really cool opportunity, I think to keep that going too. So why did you choose to have the donations go to the Northwest Harvest? And has it always been Northwest Harvest? Yeah, it has always been Northwest Harvest. Um, you know, I sort of ran into it accidentally, but over over time, learning more and more about food insecurity in my own community it has just become like absolutely the thing that I want to um, have the show go towards. Um, so starting with Northwest Harvest, it it just sort of um, was my choice to do a, a food drive. And then I learned more and more about how common food insecurity is right here in my own neighborhood, you know, all of us. Um, and then especially with the pandemic, um, you know, Seattle, just like so many other communities is really, really suffering. And we, you know, we're, it's, a, it's, a, it really is a, uh, sort of a happy accident that I get to do this now and that I've been able to work this closely with Northwest Harvest and King Five. So yeah, I don't see it uh, stopping anytime soon. It's the seventh year. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. That's a lot of Christmas music. <laughs> but that's also a lot of mouths fed and a lot of joy brought to the community as well, you know, so uh, yeah. I commend you. That's incredible. Uh, what What do you look forward to as we move into the holiday season? So this year, I was thinking about that. Um, normally, well, I mean, besides doing the show and just seeing, you know, I'm a little competitive with myself. I want to top myself every year because it's for such a good cause. Um, so, you know, the show and making sure that we uh, do the best we can with that. Um, but this year we get to, I get to be with my family. Um, and last year we... We weren't able to do that. So I'm really looking forward to that and just having some some down downtime with family indoors. I think we were by the by that fire pit quite a bit last year. 
That sounds nice. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm getting to see some family this year yep. and that will be very, very nice. Yeah, something that maybe we were taking for granted, you know, all those little things. Now we, we I, I don't personally anymore, so. Yeah, I think the pandemic kind of forced everybody to just sit for a second and just be still and just yep. appreciate everything that's right in our present moment, you know. And uh, to loop back and go, um, I just pulled up some quick facts about um, the food insecurity from Northwest Harvest's website. But um, a million Washington residents visited a food bank in the last year. And um, we know that homelessness is already really high in the Seattle area as far compared to other places um, in the United States. But I feel like homelessness is something that you see and you can drive on the streets and see tents and see people like asking for money, but food insecurity is invisible. You know, children go to school every day hungry and their teachers don't even know. Um, So it's definitely a big issue that, uh, takes a lot of hands and a lot of work. Absolutely. Yeah. And last year with, with kids not going to school, um, you know, that was really on my mind. I was uh, just the fact that they're, you know, what are those kids going to do without, um, you know, without that meal that they were getting at school or those, you know, a couple meals. Um, so there was a moment where we weren't going to do the show and, um, we were able to figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to do it for that reason. Well, we are coming to an end of our time together, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about you or anything that new going on or anything that you're out doing in the community? Well, I'm uh, slowly making my way out in the world, um, you know, gigging a little bit here and there again. Um, But mostly I just really, um, want to encourage people to check out the show uh you can stream it uh via loudswell and or come over to the royal room december 19th and bring a food item uh your part of your ticket goes you know of course to the the it's a benefit so it's just such a such a good cause like uh as we were chatting about and um and thank you so much for having me this really was it was really fun and um those were some good questions Thank you for coming and thank you for giving great answers, you know. Thank you. I'm going to get out my Hello Kitty uh, diary and jot this one down. <laughs> so no, okay, sorry then. Random final question. Well, then what do you write in now? Do you, are you still writing by hand or are you on the tapping? tapping I do write by hand. I have paper around me. It's all around me. Paper, pencils. Um, yeah, I haven't really, I, I have a couple of writing programs, like when I get down to the serious business of editing, but uh, I still just love that feeling of paper and pen. Yeah, I write in uh, in Evernote, so it syncs across all my devices, but Good call. you know, it's one that only does like three devices before you have to pay for more. So devices. many devices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes I do pull up my old notebooks, the ones that I have here with me just from being in a random bag or something. And there'll be like a a poem that I wrote in high school in there. It's sweet. I'd never go back and take anything for inspiration. No. Um, if it, if it feel if it moves me, but nothing, nothing has <laughs> moved, moved you. From that it's, it's moved you away back to the computer, yeah, to the Evernote. Like I've grown. Yeah. I've definitely grown. Well, don't get me wrong. Maybe a couple words here and there. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We will release you now. Unless okay. again, there's anything else you wanted to share. That was so fun. Um, thank you guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. Okay. Have a good Bye. night. I never needed words to say. I never needed to What'd you take away from her interview? Uh, there were a couple things. Well, first, this musical, A New Brain. I don't know this show. I, I want to look it up, though, because I was like, all right, I'm sold. <laughs> I have no idea what this is about based off of that title. So this will be fun to look into. Um, and I really liked how she was talking about this transition she's had from being a, a musical theater artist and has transitioned more into songwriting and com composition and um, collaborating. It just makes me reflect on just how artistry and creativity can change and how it can like morph and transition. So like you, you don't wanna always put yourself in a box of like, this is what I do, because you have the opportunity to build and morph and do other things and use those talents in different ways. I agree. Cause when I first, when we first saw her, I'm like, oh, okay. She's a musician. Uh, I, I'm thinking she's just an instrumentalist. So then I'd go onto her website and start digging into her music. And then I see she's a vocalist and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I listen to her music and it's actually like really good and crosses so many different genres, not like so many different genres, but you know, typical artists, you think of their music and you can put them in a box. Um, but her, you know, you can't put it in a box because this is jazz and it's folk and uh, pop music as well. Um, and then to talk to her and hear about how um, she knew she wanted to sing, but it was not always just wanting to do music that it started on the stage. Um, I think it is really cool to show her evolution and then how uh, she has to pivot if things, you know, if life changes and different things get in the way. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree. It was um, cool talking to her about that. Also, don't know the show she mentioned, Falsetto or New Brain. Um, the the only one that she mentioned that I knew was The Music Man, but I think everybody <laughs> had to watch that in school. Seventy six trombones lead the marching band. <laughs> so I I think that's a classic, and also so cool to see that she's relatable. You know, I The Music Man isn't something that I would think you know would tie a bunch of um, a bunch of us together, but now that I think about it, that's probably one of the most common musicals that like most like our parents and our generation might be familiar with. Uh, so that's really cool. She was definitely very relatable and down to earth for her to be, um, have so many uh, accolades and um, accreditations and uh, credits with National Geographic and Hallmark and Lifetime. I was just like, who are we talking to? This lady, she wrote the theme song or something for Young and the Restless. I wasn't sure what was going on with her. So uh, that was, she was really cool. I love that.
So our call to action, you can learn more about our interviewee, Kristen Chambers, at her website, www.kristin, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, chambers.com. That's www.kristinchambers.com. And as always, we will put the links in the show notes. So don't worry if you were like, wait a minute, I must rewind, rewind a bunch. We got you. And then please take your time to go get your tickets to Snow Globe. It's going to be on Sunday, December 19th at 6.30 p.m. Tickets are $15. And she also says in the interview that she would love if you brought a food item to donate as well. Um, You can get your tickets at strangertickets.com. That's Stranger Tickets is S-T-R-A-N-G-E-R-T-I-C-K-E-T-S.com. And I learned in this episode that you will be able to stream the show. So I will also have a link. I will try my best to find it through the streaming service. And it's going to be through Loudswell. I'm not familiar with this service, but that is the website as well. It's just L-O-U-D-S-W-E-L-L.com. So I will put that in the show notes as well so that you have a chance to see it, even if you cannot be there in person, which I will most likely have to be doing. Yes. And last but not least, listeners, uh, please check out the Northwest Harvest at www.northwestharvest.org. Their mission is to provide food today to end hunger tomorrow. So find out how you can donate financially or with food items or volunteer your time uh, to help find a solution for food insecurity. And with that, thank you all so much for listening. Ty, congratulations on your first full episode. Woo! (laughs) And thank you, listeners, for having me. I can't wait to bring more stories to you. Um, And Happy New Year, I guess. We'll see you guys in January. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, have a good Thanksgiving, um, a nice Christmas, or Hanukkah, or also Kwanzaa, if you celebrate any of those. And then we'll chat with you all and tell you about all the different things that we did over this time we were away. Bye, sweet dream, Seattle. Also stay classy. This program is supported in part by a grant from the Washington State Arts Commission and the National Endowment of the Arts. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish and Coast Salish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish and Coast Salish tribes. If you like what you've heard and would like to support this podcast or other Mirror Stage programming, you can donate at our website, mirrorstage.org, or text Play It Smart to 206-888-6477.